This is part two, a new look at an old god. Thank you for tuning in again. The worship of a someone or something outside of generic man has its roots back before the equivalent of paper and some type of writing instrument existed. It is acknowledged that many books throughout the history of what I call the three major religions, along with their understanding of God, go back thousands of years. My initial purpose is to recognize that generic man has searched for the equivalent to God, Elohim, Allah, long before minds coalesced around more structured, specific definitions that are now the foundation for Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. Upon this planet, and perhaps hundreds of thousands of years ago, a someone who was exploring the beginning vestiges of abstract thinking must have gazed upward on a starry night and wondered the equivalent of the same questions asked today. He or she then attempted to convey possible answers via hieroglyphs and eventually such things as analogous fables that eventually became the cited foundational points for the three cited bodies of religious thought. And I am attempting now to do the same thing. At the onset of this sharing, there is a perceived opportunity for me to include a disclaimer. What can be shared by anyone about God has a similarity to maybe successfully explaining to a kindergartner abstract algebra or differential geometry. I am including me in the mix. So when a subject title of God is chosen, it is out of necessity, as this effort must needs have some type of God understanding upon which to rest and launch. Initially, and said as strongly as words can state, what is called God has no antecedent. Hmm, I just turned a noun into an adjective, no antecedent structure around which to build any valid definition that includes anthropomorphic qualities or types of existence. Now, what have I just said? Within any attempt to nibble away at a definition of God for the purpose of this effort does not include a supreme or ultimate anthropomorphic existence. There isn't a Michelangelo-type God-being anywhere that looks like the image portrayed in his or any artist's rendering that attempts to depict God contained within a specific form that almost always has human and male qualities. Simply said, God is not anthropomorphic. All right, Larry, then what is God? Ancient man perceived thunder as God's anger, and yet today we scientifically know we have a different and scientific explanation for both. Then, God was thought to exist just above the clouds, and yet collective mankind has had access to above the clouds for a long time, so we no longer accept that as a residence. Soviet space explorers were quick to decry a god, a deity that is up there, because they went up there and didn't see God. Yet we are still left with a need to attempt a definition, knowing full well that an end-all definition that would be accepted by everyone, it can't happen. For some, 
God is thought of as a circle whose center is everywhere. Yet because the circle can't ever be static, while it might speak to the poet in our soul, it still doesn't fulfill the answer. So we must be satisfied by nibbling away at the periphery of what is called God, and in our process continue to push the envelope of this seeking, knowing full well we will never wholly arrive. Why? Because I believe that what we call God can't be static. Nothing else appears to be. So why would we attribute this static quality to God who is said to be the author of everything that appears to be in and of itself expanding? Maybe God didn't follow God's own rules. Impossible. Entertain the tongue-in-cheek possibility that at the core of what we might call God's nature is the equivalent of a computer program that is self-proliferating. In this context, it might now be called a happy computer virus or positive Trojan horse. Astronomers theorized that there are more galaxies than grains of sand upon this earth. Galaxies now, not suns, not solar systems, galaxies. The larger the telescopes that are built, the more distant is their capability to see, and never have we run out of new things to see. Is this not indicative of the nature of God as well? Reinforcement, evidence for this understanding, is to recognize within the very DNA of all species is apparently found the ability to adapt to new environmental changes and environmental needs. Fish grew legs as dry land needed populating. Man's skin changed color as he migrated northward. An ancient reptile species grew feathers and took flight. And then the species we call birds, pteropods, proliferated into a multitude of environmental-specific varieties of life that numbers well in the tens of thousands. The list goes on and on. For the purpose of this sharing, the rule that appears to be covered within the thought of expansion and evolution can be equated then with its nature, or often simply spoke of as the nature of God. Succinctly, God cannot do anything outside of itself, as evidenced within all nature. Expansion and evolution are therefore aspects of this that we call God as well. Let's throw two synonyms into the mix, adding the words source and energy, giving us God, source, energy, as our target needing a definition. It is evident that none of these words imply any form or shape. Hence, when our elder brother used the term spirit, John 4.24, perhaps he was really attempting to ensure that anything close to a definition might be attributed to him wouldn't support whatever, whatsoever, any form of anthropomorphism. Spirit conjures up imagery of something that can't be totally, completely defined or, def or, or, or we can say confined, and such must be God by whatever name we use. However, much like a corporate structure of an organization having documents like Articles of Incorporation and Bylaws, there is often a third document called a policy manual. 
that is the basic schematic of a company that defines the corporate philosophy, rules, regulations, policies, procedures within the often more generic parameters of the articles and the bylaws. A corollary is sensed as we now attempt to define the undefinable that is in and of itself expanding. This ever-expanding creative essence must also abide by its own rules, which can be likened to an ever-expanding policy manual. Now, make a little leap into the realm of assumptions, unless you think we've done that already. It is quite possible to me that the nature of God is anything, it cannot be anything other than love, peace, joy, life, and all the other descriptive words found in this arena. I also call them synonyms for God, at the irritation of an English major wordsmith friend. Another point of, um, of, of the semantic clarification. When I use these words within the context of serving as synonyms for God, there isn't an implied need to then require a possessive noun like God's love. Because, and most importantly, the energy we call God doesn't possess love, peace, joy, life. This energy is love and all the other synonyms. Hence, it is more meaningful to now describe the nature of God using the hyphen and not the apostrophe, as in God hyphen love, God peace, God joy, God life and similar. No longer a quality possessed by, but a quality of, qualities that cannot be deviated from, uh, upon which to do its expansion or proliferation. I rather enjoy the analogy of what is called spiritual DNA, that can be used interchangeably with the indwelling nature or essence that is at the center of all creativity. This spiritual DNA concept, then, is the very foundation upon which all God expansion must be based. In other words, love cannot morph into hatred or fear and now become part of what is seen as the nature of God, and then perhaps the basis upon which a new creative experience can emerge. God can only be God. Even this ultimate energy that is source cannot be compartmentalized. The upcoming sharing, prayer, and compartmentalization will speak to this. What and who is God? An omnipresent energy that for eons has been given the co-title of creator, and perhaps more specifically source. It may be obvious to many that I have refrained from using the pronoun father as a description of this energy, even though it was apparently used many times by our elder brother. Well, Jesus was stuck for an analogy other than Father, because the vocabulary of the day didn't have anything more. Yet he used the term spirit at least once, of which we have a record, John 4:24. God is more than Father, for this word immediately conjures an anthropomorphic image. Yet, it was an effort to give an indication of a kind of connectivity that might be understood by his hearers. Saying this, I then share that we are also more than a son or daughter of this energy for the same semantic reason. The God idea then must needs be elevated to include this energy not only in and through us, but equally important, but as us. 
We are it, and it is us. Then, whatever God is, one word that also seems to surface is good or goodness. It is understood that these are relative words depending on who uses them and the individual's consciousness upon which they are based. But these words can be best amplified by what they cannot mean or include. They cannot include pain, suffering, vindictiveness, capriciousness, anger, vacillation of any kind. So then who are we? Certain we are not the expression of an energy that even that even possesses the capability of the awareness of what we would call pain or suffering, vindictiveness, vacillation. Why? Well, this energy is all that there is and is therefore only self-aware. We are then left with a spiritual DNA of goodness that is at the core of who and what we truly are. Why then do we experience suffering and similar? The answer to this conundrum will be explored as our sharings unfold. Be left with the absolute and unequivocal truth that God is good, and therefore goodness, by whatever form it takes, dear listener to this podcast, is your nature as well. Tune in next week for my next sharing, Birth and Death. And then, if it is wisdom for you, and only if it is wisdom, consider making a PayPal gift to my happy effort to share with you my, what I think to be, logical understanding of life.